to another edition of Wrestling Makes the World Takes Everybody. I'm yours truly, CB, alongside the one and only AD. Back at it again. I had to start with a little bit of a drum roll because today we're talking all elite wrestling. We just got back from a hot full gear pay per view uh, in Newark. Uh, I had so much fun. And oh, it was a blast. It was, there were so many great moments, great matches that came out of it. Just kind of. Talking about it, I'm excited to see where this thing goes in the next couple of months, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm excited to dive right in. Yeah. Uh, so, you were there alongside with me, my tag team partner, Caparoni, Sam Adams. Up, oh, you got yeah. the old Fezzy wig. Sponsored by Sam Adams. Yes. <laughs> That'd be nice. Hey, Sam, if you want to, like, uh, throw us even a pack of free beer, beer sponsor, we'll do it for you. Um, but give me your thoughts. Newark Prudential Center was rocking last week. It was, it was. Give me your initial thoughts coming out of it. What do you think? Well Ooh. worth the money of admission? It was definitely worth the price of admission. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of it. You know, most of the matches were great. I mean, there was like a match or two that could have been better. But I think overall, the quality of the pay-per-view was very, very strong. You know, Full Gear is probably considered, you know, not one of their main four pay-per-views that they have. That's reserved the right to, you know, all out or double or nothing. Are there two ones where they really go, like, you know, all out for them? Mm -hmm. um, and Revolution and Full Gear kind of just their uh, filler ones, but they still, you know, really build the card up and really have those feuds that go. Um, and I would definitely say they've done a good job with the last two Full Gears, you know, with having meaning with the uh, the heavyweight title. I, well. I agree. I You know what, with being only four pay reviews a year, they really try to stack their cards as much mm -hmm. as they can. And I would say so far, so good. I mean, if you look at how many pay-per-views they've done now, 12 mm -hmm. over their five-year history, yep. four-year history now. Yep, about that now, yeah. Um, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, I've been generally happy with most of them. Yeah, I don't think I've been disappointed with any, maybe one at most. Some of the COVID-era pay-per-views. Yeah. Like, whatever, but I kind of... Don't even count those at this point. Yeah, it's not really their fault. They just did what they could. Yeah, and I know, I, I know the first double or nothing uh, in 2020, like the second double or nothing in 2020, yep. that was uh, like right at the start of the pandemic. That one was a little... Yeah, they I, would, the, I would say as far as anything with crowds. Anything with yeah. crowds, they've I would think it's hit out of the park for yeah. the most part. I mean, you had the first one that was, you know, the first one. So everybody's excited about that. Mm-hmm. All Out, the original All Out, where Jericho won the title, uh, from whatever was a solid card. And then Full Gear, the first Full Gear with Kenny and Moxley just yep. ripping each other to pieces. Yep. Um, and then I would say at least every show after that has had a show-stealing kind of match, that a memorable match to send the crowd home happy with. Yeah, you definitely, they definitely try to make sure there's at least one memorable moment each night. I know, like, in recent, in the last year, their memorable things were all these debuts that were happening. But, you know, recently it's been more so about the actual roster they have. The last two pay-per-views, they really haven't had any, you know, nice debuts happen. Um, so they're really trying to focus on the roster they have now, it seems like. Yeah, which I think is okay, because I think when you start doing that every time you start uh, training your audience to like expect that and we don't yeah. want to disappoint them mm -hmm. if our debut doesn't happen. That's the first thing. Second thing, I think the free agent market's a little bit dried up since yep, last is. year. It was crazy with all the releases. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's... If they were going to just try to look to sign somebody and have a debut, it's tough. There's not anybody that would say, oh my god, so-and-so is here. 
I mean, there's a good day. There's always one. I always prompt for a good debut. Yeah. Uh, depending on how you write it in there, but um, you know, I'm. They've got a pretty large roster right now. They do. And I think it is a good time to just like let's let's play with the cards that you have. I agree. And give the folks you have some TV time and put them in a good spot. I so. agree for sure. All right, so we've got a lot um, to talk about on this jam-packed edition. We're talking all things AEW, but coming out of full gear, give me your high like thoughts in terms of storylines and where do we go next. And we just wrapped up our first Dynamite and Rampage after that. Give me yeah. your thoughts on where we kind of go from here. I think the high storylines you're getting out of full gear is you have MJF is the obvious given one. You know, what does he do as champion, uh, especially with the regal angle? That's your first big one that comes out of it. Uh, the next one I would say is definitely with the Elite. Where do they go in this feud with the uh, with Death Triangle in the seven match series that they're having? Um, and then the other one, I would say the big one would be Jamie Hayter. Where does she go with her reign as Women's Champion? Those are the three ones that kind of stand out to me. I uh, I agree. They're all things of note. Uh, there's some more questions in there, which I like having questions. It gets me excited to tune in next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start with Britt and Soraya. Give me your thoughts on how do you thought Soraya looked returning to the ring after five years against Britt Baker. I mean, I thought, considering she had wrestled in five years, she looked pretty good. You know, usually, you know, you're going to have your expected ring rust, but you did notice some of that a little bit. But I would say overall, you know, she did a very good job from having her first match back. So I'm sure, you know, she had a little cautions, you know, seeing what can I do, what can I do. And it was kind of a feeling out match for her to see how her body responds to it. Yeah, I agree. I thought she looked solid in there, and she's got a hell of a theme song too. Mm-hmm. Falling in reverse. Yep, she I does. love it. I yep. love it. Uh, I thought I thought she looked good, and it was just cool to see her back. It was just cool yep. to see Soraya back in wrestling again. Uh, I've always been a fan, um, but I think it's interesting. It sets up. Uh, let's let's kind of keep it going with Britt Baker. We saw a new women's champion crowned, mm-hmm. Jamie Hayter. Excuse me, Jamie Hayter. And they've stripped the interim tag, which I'm thankful they did. Yes, I'm glad they did that as well. We don't know when Thunder Rose is coming back, and I think we just need to move on. Yep, I agree. Yep. If she comes back and they want to start up a feud again over the title, then they could do that. But um, I think it's time to move on. And I see that I I think they're planting seeds a little bit because we've seen Britt Baker with Jamie Hayter. Mm -hmm. I think something's going to happen there. Yeah, that's my. Prediction for Revolution is Brit versus Jamie. But they're like friends and frenemies, and then something happens. Brit finds her window of opportunity and uh, takes her out. But I think Jamie ends up winning the feud in the end. But I think that's what's going to lead to Jamie versus Brit at Revolution. Yeah, I mean, it's you'll have Brit can play the heel. Yep. Like nobody else. And uh, yeah, I think Jamie. I think is a solid former friends, bitter enemies kind of style feud. Mm-hmm. Um, so excited to see where that goes. Um, what do you think is next for Soraya? See, I don't know because, you know, in all of her interviews, um, you know, the doctors have said stick to one match a month right now. Um, so I think we're going to be in this break phase with her. Um, I don't know who she would feud with next. Because um, I don't know if you want to throw right into, like, for example, it the uh, TN, 
TBS title picture right away. With Jade? With Jade. I don't think you throw her in that right away yet. Um, I could see that maybe, though, eventually being a revolution match and her being the one that takes the title off Jade. Um, but right now, I think they're just going to chill with Soraya, let her recover, let her see how her body responds. Because uh, I think, you know, kind of like Sting right now, they're going to save her for their bigger shows um, to protect her. I'm all for it. Why not? You know, it's uh, like a special occasion kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. They could have her go against like a Nyla Rose next. Yeah. Are you having to have like. She'll, I think she'll eventually build her schedule up to more matches a month. Uh, but I know she had said at the start stick to one uh, match a month and see how you gradually feel uh, to see if you can expand it. For sure. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so let's uh, let's keep going a little bit. We saw an interesting turn event. It's kind of a little bit shocking, but the uh, the meat match <laughs> at Full Gear. Our classic meat. <laughs> a lot of meat in there. Wardlow, yep. Joe, and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs fighting over the uh, TNT title. A little bit of a swerve there. Is yeah. Your thoughts? I, I was very surprised with that one. You know, especially because you know. Wardlow was made to be the star in that match, you know, he was, I felt like carrying the weight, you know, he was putting these high-flying moves on, which a guy that with, so that, with that much meat should not be doing. Um, and then I was surprised Joe was the one who won. Um, if I thought someone was going to take it, it would have been Hobbs, because, you know, Joe has that ROH title on him as well. I didn't think they would go the double champ route, so I was very surprised that they went that route with Samoa Joe, and kind of Took some heat off of Powerhouse Hobbs, too, because they were really trying to build him up as this, you know, monster heel who's taking out Wardlow uh, every time. So I thought if Wardlow had lost, it would have not been the Samoa Joe. But I'm curious to see, you know, does this turn into a Wardlow-Samoa Joe feud? Or do they somehow include Powerhouse Hobbs in the storyline continuing as well? I'm interested in that, but I was surprised they took the title off of Wardlow already because I feel like his run was... Kind of, just eh. Um, it's kind of lackluster. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like this could have been the match to kind of catapult it if had he wanted. I agree, too. I don't know where they go next with Wardlow here. And where they go next with Samoa Joe with these two titles. Mm -hmm. And you got a guy in his late 40s or whatever, like, or mid-40s or whatever he is. Um, and kind of brought into, I would think, um, help reestablish the Ring of Honor brand. And yep. Eventually, be that guy that like just can put on a good match and try to create some new young stars on the new Ring of Honor brand. But I don't know why I put him. Why put the TNT title on? Like, what do you do with that? Yeah, I didn't get the purpose of it, but I mean, we're not the ones booking, so obviously you would hope Tony has a plan. I'm sure he does. In TK, we trust our main <laughs> man. Um, so we'll see. I think it's not over. I mean, they didn't have the on the bright side. They didn't have Warlow take the pin here, so. I think it sets up a rematch of some case, Warlow versus Joe. Yeah. Or I don't know if it's a title for title thing, or if maybe they feud over the TV title in Rainbow. There is final battle coming up, so. For sure. It could be setting up some kind of rematch for, for some. Um, so, but we'll get to that. Um, in terms of that leaves the, the odd man out, Powerhouse Hobbs. What's next for him? I don't know, because, you know, before that, he was doing nothing as as well. So I think he might just go back to doing nothing for now, unless they keep him in this feud. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know either. I think they just kind of start fresh back to the drawing board with him a little bit. Um, yeah. 
but uh, we will see for sure. Um, so sticking on the Ring of Honor side of things, we have a stellar four-way match oh, yeah. for the Ring of Honor world title that I thoroughly enjoyed. I did. So uh, give me your thoughts. I think Sammy did a good job of carrying that match, you know, because, you know, the other guys in that match, you know, were more the technical style where he was that high flyer. Um, so he, he brought that element to the match, and I think he did a great job with it. Um, I also think Claudio did a good job of carrying that match as well. Uh, I think I noticed that, you know, Danielson and Jericho didn't do as much as those two. I think those are the ones that really carried the weight, but it was a very good match all around. It had been some very great uh, high spots, some great false finishes. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I I thought it was match of the night. I thought it was match of the night. Um or at least tied mm -hmm. with the uh, the trios match, mm -hmm. which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think Jericho is having one of those runs for the Asians at the end of. I mean, we don't know when the end of his career is, but he's still putting on solid matches. Over fifty yep. years old now, I carrying agree. a world title again. Uh, it's really cool to see. I'm happy about it. Yeah, I'm curious now with the uh, final battle coming up. They just announced the stipulation of you know him and Claudia. Claudia loses. Uh, he has to join the JAS. Do they have Claudia lose? And then kind of, I feel like if that happens, the Blackpool Combat Club is just kind of done and dead. I it would feel be, at yeah. that point. And then I, I thought at this point we'd seen the implosion of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, but it looks yep. like they're... They're going strong. They're going strong. And it's the Blackpool Combat Club they're looking to... Yeah, sent out the pasture. They're the, yeah, they're the ones showing the cracks now. So let me ask you this question: Are you excited to see Claudio and Jericho again in a main event match? I am. I think it'll be another good match. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. I feel like Claudio didn't get the run he deserved as Ring of Honor champion. So personally, I would like to see him win it back um, at Final Battle. Um, it's just tough because, you know, we always talk about that mystery of what's going on with the Ring of Honor TV deal or, you know, is there a TV deal that's going to happen? Because we've talked about, you know, if you're doing that, Jericho is the guy you want leading the way. But if they're not there yet, I think they should put the title back on Claudio because I think he does make a good champion as well. I, um, I, I agree. I would say, I mean, you can go either way with it. You want to keep... The Jericho Appreciation Society storyline going with yep. the ROH title, with Jericho retaining the title and kind of moving on in a different direction. Yeah, I thought they would eventually see the implosion of the JAS and mm -hmm. you'd have a young Daniel Garcia trying to uh, go against the old guard of Chris Jericho yep. and his moment to shine. But I could see them putting it back on Claudio and, mm -hmm. and taking that into a new direction. And I think, too, like having Claudio lose, that just makes the JAS too, way too many people because it's already a very large group. Like, just adding yet another person, I feel like, you know, they, it just wouldn't work anymore. Too many in there. Right. I mean, we, we heard Tony Khan in the press conference talk about, he was asked a couple times about the TV deal, mm -hmm. and he didn't really have a whole lot. He didn't even say, like, oh, some big news is coming soon, or yeah. I have some things in the works, but I can't talk about it. He didn't say yeah. anything like that. So it leads me to believe there's nothing there yet. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Because then he got asked about doing YouTube, too, and he feels like he said it's too big of a product to do a YouTube show, but he easily could do one if he wanted to. Yeah, I don't want to say, like, 
why not just do the YouTube show for now? Yep, until you find something. Until yep. you get something. It'd be a bit good way to promote the product, the product too, to get people interested in it to see, you know, what does it look like as well. Yeah, and a good way to kind of establish a roster there mm -hmm. and build some stories with meaning, and then you can do some crossover from time to time. Yeah. Um, but I, who knows when this TV deal or streaming deal is going to come to fruition? Um, it's not, I mean, there's something out there. You would think Warner would throw him a couple of dollars just to host it on Bleacher Report Live. Yeah. And then upload the entire library on Bleacher Report Live. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't they done it. Since they have such a good relationship, I'm surprised they haven't done that. I don't know if it's something they just don't have interest in or there's something that's holding that up. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a no-brainer for WBD to do that because I get it. Maybe they're not going to put Ring of Honor on TNT or no, yeah. TBS or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but you would think they got this Bleach Report app that they're trying to like kind of establish a little bit. Um why not throw them, you know, a couple of shekels to yep. have a weekly TV show on there, yep. and you upload the Ring of Honor library. That will automatically unless, get 100,000 people to subscribe uh, to the app. Unless Tony views that as the same thing as YouTube, which is why he hasn't gone that route, and he wants an actual TV deal. I mean, you look at it this way, NXT for years yep. was only on, was on Hulu only yep. for a while, and then when the network launched... Yep, it was on network it was on only, network. yep. It was only until like three, four years ago they moved to USA Network. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can record the shows either at Universal or before one of the Dynamite shows or yep. the Rampage tapings, stack them in there. So it's not like production-wise it's going to cost you a whole lot to produce these um i would just go down to universal and set up like oh a, yeah you know, kind of like they do with the dark tapings once in a while or, yep or just maybe not universal but rent out like another it'd be cool if they did like old school i want to rent out like the uh the 2300 arena in philadelphia or like a smaller building just to make it feel like old school ring on a little bit yeah but i think just think for the way of efficiency i'll just keep it where dark is right now yeah, I would either, yeah, you could, I would do, yeah, the universal tapings. You could take yep. a bunch of dark stuff and a bunch of Ring of Honor stuff and stitch together some storylines there. Mm -hmm. um, and then even, you know, you could even do it before or after, like a combo Dynamite Ring of Honor taping or a Rampage mm -hmm. Ring of Honor taping or what, what have you. Yeah. So, uh, but we will see. Uh, I... I don't know if they, I mean I don't know if they're gonna keep this going or not. How, where are they gonna go with Jericho after? So I at first I was like, nah, they're gonna keep it on Jericho. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, how long do we want to keep this going for? Yeah, because the whole thing is him beating all the old champions and disgracing Ring of Honor. So you know what's the end game with that whole story? Is there like another champion that eventually comes out to beat him, or is Claudio the guy? I don't know, I still, my instinct says he's going to hang on to it. That's what mine says too, but, I, you know, like I said, I don't like seeing another member added to the JAS. Yeah, but we will see for sure. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so let's continue here a little bit. And before we get into the kind of the main event level topics of the show, we wrapped up the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Mm -hmm. We have a new, a brand new, 
number one contender for the AEW World Championship and won the only Ricky Starks. Yeah, I was, absolute man. I was surprised he won it. I think, you know, we talked about this uh, in our preview that I thought Ethan Page was going to be the guy that won uh, because we had that firm MJF issue. Uh, but it seems like they kind of just, like, dropped that whole thing, which is kind of confusing to me. Um, but I think they went the Starks route because, you know, since MJF's kind of pushed that he's going back to his heel MJF, you know, you had to naturally have a face go against him. And between the two, Starks was the face. And, he's you know, he's pretty over with the crowd, I would say. Um, so I think that's why they ended up going the Starks route. I am curious, you know, how bad his injuries are because every time he wrestles, he's all taped up now, too. He looked pretty rough on uh, Dynamite. Yeah. It was like literally his whole upper body was taped. Yep. I mean, we obviously expect MJF to retain, um, but is there more that continues with Ricky Starks or is it just this one match that winner is coming and then that's it? I'm excited for Ricky Starks because he, I mean, obviously he's going to lose. Yeah. But if it's a good, solid match where he gets close at some points, it's just going to give him that elevate him a little bit. Yeah, I think he would make a good TNT champion. I think so too. This could be the the uh, the, the stepping stone to get there. Is yep. Taking looking good against the world champ, taking a loss obviously, and taking a beating, and then going. Uh, and then maybe it's maybe it's William Regal hits him with brass knucks or something like that. So it looks like a schmoz finish, but yeah, it's a good yeah. opportunity for Ricky Starks. He's good in the ring. You know, he's gotten very good on the mic, I would say. Um, you know, I actually enjoy his entrance. Ever since they added that lighting aspect into it, he's one of my favorite entrances they have in the company. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm excited for it. I think the crowd will be into it. Uh, winner's coming in Texas. Uh, I'm excited for it. Should be a good match, too. Uh, We'll probably get some good chemistry. Yeah, we'll probably have MJF cheat the win, but you know. But that's kind of in his nature, we expect. Yeah, a little brass nuts come out again. Yep, for sure, with uh, his new manager, William Regal. Mm -hmm. so, um, all right, before we get into the main event of the evening, the world title, let's talk about the World Trios Championships mm -hmm. series going on right now. So we saw one of the highlights of the night. Uh, yeah. The return of our wayward son's friends. The elites yeah. are back. They're back. And, you know, they didn't look like they lost a step in that match, I would say. That was, like we said, possibly match of the night, along with the Ring of Honor uh, title match as far as actual in-ring uh, quality. Um, you know, it's interesting they went this seven-match route, but I think it's trying to prove a point that these guys can't have a bad match together because any, especially going to the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers, anytime they're in the ring together, it's magic. And I think they found a new aspect to add to it with this whole hammer angle that they've added into it. Um, but I do want to say, too, as well, as I, especially with the Elite, I do enjoy their new entrance they have as well. We, we thought it was going to be like a little one-time deal. Um, but the first time I saw it, you know, it was super cool, especially with the lighting aspect of it, too. Like, I'm all about, you know, in entrances, how do they present it? You know, yes, music's a big piece of it, but also the presentation is that, you know, how they do it is another big piece as well. And it presents them as these top guys, I would say, their new entrance as well. It is, too. And they have a big-time theme like that, mm -hmm. Wayward Sons. It's, uh, it just makes it feel like a yeah. spectacle. Mm -hmm. like a big deal. Especially that pose they had at the beginning, too, on that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so, I'm excited for this Best of Seven series. We're already, we've had... Two, two matches in, and by the time this airs, probably a couple more would have happened. One or two more. But uh, I'm excited about it because, like you said, 
these guys cannot have a bad match together. These guys are the absolute best, the best, the best. Uh -huh. I mean, you've got Kenny and Pac have had some great uh, mix-ups uh, yeah. in the past. Uh -huh. And you've got the Lucha Brothers, and you've got the Bucks, who are just ma pure magic. And oh, yeah. And I think, you know, they've already shown they can add different wrinkles to each match. I mean, you know, we had the uh, all-time, you know, I could put heat on myself match this past Wednesday by the Elite. Um, where they literally did everything people talked about from the CM Punk, uh, you know, altercation or bad stuff CM Punk did, whether it was the, you know, the botch buckshot lariat, you know, you had Kenny Omega biting people <laughs> and then, then doing the go to sleep. Like, you know, if there was a class on how to put heat on yourself in, you know, your rival's hometown, that is how you do it. That is the crowd hated them. That was the perfect example of why I love professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. That match, because it was, not only was it a great match, but the, the way the crowd reactions were and yep. just the way you can control the emotions yep. of the building. And it's, and it's crazy because you go from like Full Gear Newark where fans were cheering out of their minds for the elite to Chicago where, you know, most of the fans were booing the living crap out of them because of, you know, from the minute they walked out and then the stuff they did just added to the heat they had on them. Uh, you know, it was great. It, it was something indeed. And I think this series is going to be something that People are going to be talking about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Remember the Best of Seven series? Yeah. Yep. How awesome it was. Uh, and thankfully for us fans, we've got this until January 11th, I think it is, yep. uh, in Los Angeles for the finale. Yep, they have to take a break for Wrestle Kingdom. They have to take a week off. Right. right. So that's another interesting point. It mm -hmm. looks like we're going to get Kenny versus Will Ospreay. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a absolute five-star classic. I... I want to watch it live, but it's Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. or something like that. Yep. I'm like, or 3 a.m. I'm like, we got to go to work that day. Like, can't. <laughs> what you know, I'm very interested as well because, you know, Kenny hasn't had a singles match since his match against Hangman. Yes. I would say it would be a concern if you're in there for anybody else but Will Ospreay. But... Yep. So I'm curious what Kenny can do in the ring on his own. She figured that match is going to go a while. It's not going to be a little quick thing. No, yeah, um, absolutely. So I'm curious, see, you minutes. know, is it still the same Kenny Omega, the best bout machine when he's in the ring one-on-one -on -one with somebody? I mean, he looks very sharp in the uh, six, the two six-man oh, yeah. tag matches. So he far. definitely looks better than uh, he did when he first came back from the injury. Uh, so that tells me, you know, in that time off he had, he was, you know, practicing in the ring and doing ring work to, you know, get that rust off. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Maybe it's a good thing he's in this series of trios matches. So, A, he's in there with top shelf pros who mm -hmm. work with anybody. Um, but he's all, it's also an opportunity for him to get his feet wet again, but he doesn't have to be mm -hmm. on all the time because it's a six man tag. He can yep. tag out, hang out on the outside for a little bit, kind of, you know, take a breath for a minute. Yeah. Because of that match with Osprey, he's going to need his stamina back, though, too. So, I'm interested to see, does he have that stamina to go however long it takes with Osprey? Yeah, and the thing is with that, like, people are expecting a five-star. Mm -hmm. And if it's anything less than that, it would be disappointing. Yep. But so, I'm not worried. I'm not worried either. I think it'll be a great show. We'll have to watch it on demand at some point mm -hmm. with the new Japan streaming service. Uh, yeah. So maybe we'll get that and uh, check that out afterwards. But uh, I'm excited. Or I'm sure it'll eventually air on the New Japan cable show. Oh, yeah. Uh, on Access TV. Probably. Um, 
but uh, excited for it. Excited to see the leaf back. Just like Soraya said yeah. earlier, just not wasn't the same without them. Nope. Um, and they love the push the envelope too, which is why they're you know as popular as they are too. Yeah, and another thing I want to talk about, kind of in that trio's conversation a little bit, we saw the returning House of Black mm -hmm. back as well. Yep. What are your thoughts on that, and where do you see them going from there? So for the House of Black, you know, I've always really liked that gimmick, you know, and especially when they came back, that entrance with Julia Hart, you know, that got me with that nice camera angle of her rising her arm with the red lighting, you know. I really enjoyed that, and them coming back, they built them back as this dominant trio um, when they came back. Um, I would like to see them at Revolution take the trio titles off the Elite. Um, I think that would be a phenomenal match, a phenomenal feud, um, even possibly a long-term feud. I think it would be a great one. Um, and you know, Malachi Black hasn't gotten the run he's deserved in AEW, and I think that's a way of kind of like resurrecting and you know fixing the wrongs that they've done with him is by giving him these trio titles and letting him you know have this great long run with the House of Black and see what he can really do with this character and gimmick that he has. So that's interesting because you automatically pitted the Elite versus House of Black, so I'm assuming you're going to pick them to win the series. Then. I am. Yep. I have it going seven. I have it going seven as well. I think the Elite are going to take the next... I see it two ways going. It's either going to be the Elite take the next two, and then Death Triangle takes one, and then the Elite goes back and forth from there. We're going to see Death Triangle take the next one, and then AEW... Sorry, the Elite go four in a row. Uh, I could see that, too. I mean, you never know if Tony not expected to lose at all. I would have bet, you know, uh, a lot of money the Elite were going to win. Yeah. Until here. Mm -hmm. um, so anything can really happen there, but um, it'll be uh, interesting to see. But do you think it's a good idea to take, like, let's say the Elite win the series and the titles. That's January 11th. Mm -hmm. Only a month later is Revolution. You're going to have them already drop the titles to House of Black. Yeah, I mean, even if they don't, I think eventually they are the ones who take it off of them. Um, you know, it could be a nice little long-term storytelling they do as well with that as well. But, you know, they need to do something of substance with the House of Black this time. And the logical thing is, you know, them as trios champions because, you know, I feel like Malachi last time with the House of Black in his first run was kind of just like aimlessly moving around. You know, he came in with this great thing, Cody and everything, and then just... You know, it was just kind of just, he was just navigating, weaving back and forth between all these different random things. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm all for let's build a program, let's get people involved, and title or not, just get them in a good story and mm -hmm. let the matches be secondary. Yep. Um, so we'll see. Uh, it's going to be a fun Q1, holiday season in Q1, uh, oh, with yeah. some really, really good trios matches ahead. Um, so, with that being said, let's pivot to our main event topic of the evening. Uh, at full gear, we saw a brand new AEW World Heavyweight Champion crowned in Maxwell, Jacob Friedman. We did. What do you give me your thoughts? A little bit of a swerve. I called it. I call you it. Did it say just, it beforehand. Yeah, we were waiting to get in the building, and I said we're gonna Regal's at turn. Yeah, so you did. You did say that. Turn. I didn't see that coming. Uh, surprisingly, um, I was very surprised when it happened because you know honestly i was kind of enjoying that mjf base gimmick a little bit um 
So I would have been curious if they explored it more, but you know, it makes sense to go back to that MJF, you know, classic, you know, heel of heels uh, role. Um, I think we all expected MJF to win. It was just nice for them to find hit, uh, a unique way for him to win it. Because I think, you know, everyone in the world predicted he was going to win it. But I don't think many people predicted that's how he was going to do it. Yeah, I agree. And I am happy they're keeping it as a heel. I mean, I like, I sort of like where he was teetering a little bit, but... Ultimately, he, he's his best when he's a chicken shit. I agree, like, yep. That's yep. just the best MJF. I uh, agree. He's fire on the microphone, and he has a solid match. And I, I think he is their Ric Flair. Of, to what Ric Flair was in yep. WCW in the 80s, yep. where he was like that brash, like, rich guy, asshole, mm -hmm. like, heel that you couldn't beat, always cheated, and had his four horsemen guys behind him, like... Yep. That was the you know that was the, what made Ric Flair famous and I think MJF is the modern day version. Oh yeah, Ric Flair for that. Definitely for AEW, I could definitely agree with that. Um, I'm very interested to see you know how long his runs going to be, who his opponents are going to be. Um, you know, it's because there's not really anything set up for what faces could be the next ones to set up yet. You know, outside Ricky Stark, so I'm curious to see, you know, for example at Revolution who is that face that's going to step up to take him on. Um, however, I do expect MJF to probably hold the belt for, you know, a nice lengthy run. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see if he does hold that belt all the way to that, you know, magic date he always talks about 2024 uh, to see where it goes from there. I would let him do it. Let him hold it for over a year. I mean, mm -hmm. why not? I mean, he is, I would think right now, the face of AEW mm -hmm. for the future. He's definitely the future. Of AEW. Yep. He's 26 years old. Uh, he's the most, like, he's the guy, the most polarizing figure they have on the roster. Mm -hmm. uh, I would just let him run with it. Like, let yep. him hold it for a year until, like, the right time. Yep. Until the right time, the right person. I don't think this is, like, I let him hold it till Revolution or Double or Nothing and then put it on a face or something mm -hmm. like that. Because, you know, I think AEW needs a heel champion. They've had a face champion for... Quite a while now with Moxley. Before that was Punk, and before that, yeah, it was Hangman. So it was literally it was, a whole year they had a yep. face champion, which yep. is fine. And I used that when I was a kid. That's what I always dreamed of. Like, when's a good guy gonna win? But yep. when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, it was good that Triple H held the title for like all that time back in 2002, yep. 2003, and it was good that. It's good that Roman Reigns is holding it for. Oh yeah, he'll definitely years. make the best champions, but you always want to you know make sure you're mixing in your face champions. Yeah, because I, I would say like, all right, out of the here's another poll that I saw on Twitter this past week. Who do you think was the best AEW champion to date? Who was your favorite? Kenny. Yeah, it was the same Kenny. Mm -hmm. I thought that was that was my favorite reign out of all of them with. The Jericho, I, I saw what they did with Jericho, just to kind of establish and put a name brand on the title. Yep. Uh, you had Moxley, who was the next big star, had a nice little run with it. Yeah, but he had the Pandemic Era champion, though, as well, so it took off from his first reign as well. Yeah. But then you had Kenny. Kenny came in uh, with the belt collector gimmick, and he yep. brought the elite. And I just, and every night was a great match, and yep. I was a big fan of the Kenny brand. Yep. I would probably put Mox two behind Kenny. Yeah. It, for then, me. And then Moxley's second reign was kind of a 
you know, yeah. was what it was. Punk, you can't really put on the rankings because he held the title for two minutes each time. Literally one day and then another one day. day. Yeah, <laughs> so literally 72 hours, like, he held the title. Like, he, he held to one dynamite and had to relinquish it, and then he, this one, he lost, like, that next night as well. He didn't even show up with it the next day. He was, they pulled it off of him. Yep. So, there's no, nothing to even talk about there. It just didn't really even happen, barely. Um, but going back to MJF a little bit, and then I want to talk about Moxley. I think there's so many things you could do with it. And, you know, I could see him having a match with Hangman when Hangman gets back out mm -hmm. there. Um, I could see him having, you know, a match with like a Keith Lee. Yeah. If they're going to like. They could visit, revisit up. Wardlow again since Wardlow squashed him last time. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, Ricky Starks, they could do a couple of things there. Mm -hmm. Um, who else? Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy would be fun. Maybe not for a pay-per-view match, but no, maybe but, for yeah, like a, a big TV a big event. TV event. Yep. Yeah. So setting up for Revolution next. If you had to pick one now, what do you think the main event of Revolution looks like? Huh. Because now we're gonna like see as we get into the bidding war of twenty twenty four. What kind of numbers yep. does MJF pull? Now? I'm going to say it's going to be MJF versus Danielson. I like that. I mean, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because it could be like the last standing person of the Black Cool Bull Combat Club. Yep. Um, kind of avenging the loss of Moxley. Or as, you know, the Black Cool Cuckold Club, yeah. as, as MJF called it. And you know it's a solid match, too. Yep. And I think MJF needs a couple of more big name wins on his resume, yeah, too. And I think Danielson's a good way to, you know, establish him as a champion as well. For sure. Uh, I would buy it. I mean, I'll buy all of them. But yep. anyway, <laughs> you could put, like, whatever on the card. But, yep. Uh, I like it. I get excited about that. So we've got Winters coming, coming up. And then they'll probably do, like, some kind of uh, big TV match in January. And then we've got... Um, then we've got Revolution will be here before we know it. Yep. Sure. San Francisco, the Chase Center, too. Another big arena. Yeah, where the Warriors play. That's a big one. So they're going to have to stack the card pretty big to get people Absolutely. excited for that. So um, so before we wrap up here on tonight's episode, what happens next for John Moxley? kind of did his, his tenure... Yeah. He went for the most. He, he had two reigns now. Yep. So I think he either you know takes a six week vacation he's been waiting for forever still, <laughs> um, or I think they you know maybe start to explore the Blackpool Combat Club piece finally that they haven't really though because it was kind of just put together and there was really no story with it. I felt like uh, since Willer Yuta had joined, um, so maybe they explore that aspect of it or maybe you know they explore the demise of the blackpool combat club as well um so i think that's where they go um with that yeah i don't know where they go with moxley next uh, i don't know if yeah. they revisit something with like an eddie kingston that would be good they're good mjf feud maybe as a tv yeah. main event yeah uh because i think i think that could get really emotional uh because you know you're gonna have the bully in mm -hmm. mjf all over Kingston, yeah. Who, uh, yeah. I think that would be a fun kind of TV main event. Um, but yeah, I don't know what they do with Moxley next. Yeah, I mean, maybe they even go back to like a tag team 
and have them in the tag team title picture as well. That's another option as well because, you know, for the Acclaim, there's not many teams in the picture right now. Right. Although I could see, based on the way that Danielson came to William Regal's uh, yeah. savior, saving grace, yeah. I could see them revisiting Danielson and Moxley in another team. I agree. Yep, no, I agree. They could definitely do that too. Which I think would be a solid route to go. If you're not going to put Danielson in a world title picture. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. It's uh, it's interesting. And uh, I guess the only way we're going to find out is if we uh, tune in to watch. That's right. Um, so I think we're out of time for tonight. Um, but a lot of fun things going on. Mm -hmm. All Elite Wrestling. And as we enter 2023. Uh, but I filled up on a lot of mashed potatoes this past <laughs> week. And, uh, I gotta, and I'm have, enjoying this winter lager. And uh, I'm going to be tuning in next week to see... Uh, what's happening and um so we're out of time uh looking forward to doing more live editions uh maybe every couple of weeks we'll do one um but get out of some twitter share your thoughts and comments with us we're all over uh twitter with uh kind of sharing some fun content there um so let us know your thoughts on the show and if you want to ask us a question we're more than happy to uh partake uh here on the show uh, but get at us wherever you get your podcasts uh, google spotify apple uh, Deezer, um, and wherever, iHeartRadio, wherever else you find your podcasts, you can find us there. Um, check us out on YouTube if you want to quote-unquote hashtag get a glimpse. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you again for supporting the podcast. We're trying to get this thing off the ground and see where it takes us from here. Uh, but for uh, signing off here, uh, I'm CB, alongside my trusted tag team partner over here, AD. Uh, that's what we've got, folks, and uh, we will see you next time on Wrestling Makes the World Takes. Peace. Peace.